Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. I'm not going to preach long because today what I want to do is just lay a foundation for this series because this series is going to take us on a journey. And, and I think it's important for us to lay a, a foundation today. And at the end of this service, I want us to take communion together. So we're going to have communion together at the end of this service. And I want to give plenty of time for us to do that. And then the band's going to come back up and we're going to worship together at the very end. Um, let me say this about this sermon also, is that this is going to be a little bit different than the way that I normally preach. And, and the, the reason I say that is, is just if, if you pay close attention, you'll know that I like going in, digging out the biblical history and, and telling that story. And um, usually there's an event in the Bible, and I like to dig in deep to that. Um, this is a little different today. Um, I believe that what God wants us to do in the foundation that we need to, to lay, there's a number of verses that I need to give you in order to set this series up. And so if, if you'll just bear with me and, and let's work through this together, I think it's going to make sense at the end of the service today and, and we'll get there and you'll be better prepared for weeks two and weeks three of this series. Amen? Amen. Some of you are like, Pastor, you didn't have to say all that. I just don't care. Just, just say what you need to say. And um, I'm praying for you. I am. <laughs> A few months ago, there were pictures that were edited with the app known as Face App that kept popping up on my news feed on, on, on different uh, social media sites that I'm on. And, and maybe you saw some of these pictures too. This, this app, Face App, has a number of different features that can give the person in the photo a different look. And, and so like one of the, the things that it can do is it can make you look young. And uh, it, it can add a smile to your face. Like if the person is not smiling, you can click on the little filter. It says smile, and it adds a smile to their face. And it's creepy. It's creepy because you're looking at it, and you're like, those are not my teeth. But, but I'm smiling, you know. Um, it will add a beard. If you want to see what you look like with a beard, um, then, then go, go to the app and look at it. You know, because I see some men in the room that don't have beards. And I just want you to understand this, that real men have beards. But if you don't... If you don't, there's a place for you here at Destiny Community Church. It's called the women's room. But it's, um, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Um, ben, they can't all be like us, brother. That's, that's a serious beard right there. I have beard envy when I look at him. Uh, this app will change your hair color. So women, if you're interested in changing your hair color, want to see what it'll look like a little bit different hair color, go, to, go download this app and, and, and see what you look like. It, it, will, it will give you a new hairstyle. I mean, select styles, but it'll give you a new hairstyle. It, it will add glasses to your face if you want it to, if you want to see what you look like with glasses. It will add makeup. Some of you need to go and... and... No, I'm just kidding. Kind of. I'm just being bad today, right? And the... Uh, it will add tattoos. If you want to know what you look like with a, with a facial tattoo, it, it'll add a tattoo. The old Mike Tyson look, you know. We, we can do it. But of course, one of the main features of this app, and the reason it became so popular, was that it, it will take the selection, the face you select, and it will age it. It will make that person look older. And so since I, I know what I looked like when I was younger, and I know what I look like now, I mean, I look in the mirror every day, guys. You, you just don't wake up looking this good, okay? There's some time spent in front of the mirror. So I know what I used to look like. I know what I look like now. But I was curious. I wanted to know what am I going to look like eventually. And so I downloaded the app, 
And I took this original family picture here that was taken by the talented Courtney Robinson, our photography team leader. And, and I took this picture and I filtered it through the face app. Do you want to see what old Rocky looks like? I knew you would. All right, here's what I look like. Now, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm like, that's People Magazine's sexiest man alive right there. <laughs> I, I was very pleased. I, I looked at this picture and I thought to myself, Mandy, you are one lucky girl. <laughs> then I looked at the picture again and I said, how creepy is it that I'm with that young woman right there? <laughs> you want to see what Mandy looks like? I am not an idiot. I did not bring that for you to see today, no. So today we begin this series past, present, future. Okay? Past, present, future. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus says these words. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. How many of you are happy to know that our God is the God of our past? He's the God of our present. And he's the God of our future. That no matter where we've been in life and what we've done, our God is big enough to cover our past. No matter where we're at right now in life, our God is great enough to cover our present. And no matter how scared we might be about the future, our God is big enough to cover that too. That's the God that we serve. He is, he was, he is to come and he's got it covered. And through this series, I pray that God shows us how to reconcile our past, how to embrace our present and anticipate the future. But in order for us to get there, we must first look at how we got here. If we're going to figure out what our future looks like in Christ Jesus, then we've got to figure out how we got to this point now. Because our, our past, it's, it's a mixture of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay, maybe just my past is a mixture of the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's not all bad. I, I promise you, my, whole, my, my past is not all bad. But there's some that is. There's some good, there's some bad, and there's certainly some ugly. And in your life too, your past, there, there's some good, there's some bad, and there's some ugly. And like it or not, we are a product of what we have been through. What you've been through has, has the ability to shape who you are right now in life. And, and you can often tell, as an adult, you can tell who was affirmed as a child because of the confidence that they carry themselves with as an adult. You can tell who was spoiled as a child. Don't point at them if they're related to you right now. Don't point. Don't point. But you can tell who was spoiled as a child. You can tell who was neglected as a child. You can tell who was disciplined as a child. You can tell who was celebrated as a child. Because we tend to carry that stuff with us. And, and it, it kind of creates who we are unless we get control of that. For some of us, there are physical scars that you carry with you because of something that you've been through. For others in the room, there are, are mental wounds that you're still dealing with because of something that happened in the past. And even for yet others in the room, there are, are spiritual wounds 
Because someone in a, spirit, in, in a place of spiritual authority in your life, they hurt you. And, 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 and you've got that spiritual wound in your life. Or maybe, maybe it was a church. Maybe you, you attended a church or went to a church once and, and they judged you and, and no one offered the hope of Jesus Christ, not the way that he intends for it to be extended to you. And you're hurt because of that. And you're carrying those wounds with you. But, but this question comes to my mind. Why is it that some people, some people with a horrid past, I mean, it was bad. How is it that they can overcome and seemingly find happiness while others who didn't go through near as much just struggle to survive and, and they just hold on to the things of the past and, and, it, and it holds them still, it keeps them from moving forward. How is it that some people can overcome and some people just get stuck? And I believe that the answer lies not in what you have been through, but whether and what you do with it. Because we've all been through it. Some bad, some worse than others, but we've all been through it. We've all got a history, we've all got a past. And in Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39, Paul addresses this. And, and, and I want to share it with you today, and then, and then I want to break it down just for a moment. So Romans chapter 8, I'm going to start reading at verse 37. Paul writes, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, I know that there is a danger in taking certain words and certain verses and applying it to our lives. I know that we have to take things in full and take them in context. And, and I, I need to assure you that I have been very careful and I have studied this deeply so that I can present this to you today. But if you will allow me to, I, I would like to omit a few words from those last two verses that I read to focus on what I believe that God wants to speak to us today. So if you will, just let me take those last two verses and just omit a few words, not changing the meaning of what is being said, but taking out what doesn't apply today and just, just sharing with you what I believe God wants you to hear. Paul writes, For I am sure that things present nor things to come will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me read that to you again. For I am sure that things present nor things to come will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Paul tells us that our present circumstances and our future circumstances cannot separate us from God's love. He's very clear with this. That whatever you're going through right now, if you are a child of God, if you have made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it does not matter what you are going through right now in this moment. Whatever it is, whatever trial you're facing right now, it does not have the ability to separate you from the love of God. And then he tells us this promise, whatever you're going to go through in life, if you have Jesus Christ as your Lord, it does not have the ability to separate you from his love. But Paul left out what's happened to you in the past. He didn't say anything about past circumstances, and that's because Paul knew that the past can hinder your ability to feel God's love. Uh, I think about Paul's life. Paul. 
Paul, as a young man, was a persecutor of Christians. He fought against this very movement that we're a part of right now. Paul hated Christians. But when he gave his life to Jesus Christ, when he answered that call on his life, he became the greatest evangelist for the church. So Paul understands that as long as I was stuck here in my past, it separated me from the love of God. So Paul knows this. This is what separates me from God's love. This is what keeps me from moving forward in Christ Jesus. This is the problem. It's not what I face as a Christian. This doesn't have that ability. The future doesn't have the ability. But the past, if you don't get that straightened out, Paul says that's the thing that is going to haunt you. And because of this, the enemy is constantly reminding you of your past. Because he knows the power that, that, that lies within you if you have the ability to overcome that. But as long as you keep dragging that past behind, as long as you keep bringing it with you, then he knows that it will render you useless for what God wants to do in your life. And so the enemy keeps reminding you of your past. And although God forgets it, you just can't seem to forget it. It lingers. And if you don't properly reconcile your past, it's going to be a hindrance in your walk with Christ. Truth be told, even if you wanted to, you, you can't forget your past. You, it, you can try. And sometimes the harder you try to forget your past, the more your past rises up to, to, to just wreak havoc on your life. You can try as hard as you want to, but you just can't forget Forgetting is an attribute that God has. It's not an attribute that you have. And so the past lingers like a scary movie, haunting your every move. Think about it. For some of you in the room, that those new relationships, they fail because you're afraid that they're going to end up like the last one. And so you're just dragging that history with you. For some of you, you're hindered from taking a step of faith of what God really wants you to do and you're hindered because of fat, uh, past failures in your life and you can't move forward because you keep hanging on to that, that, that luggage, that baggage from the past. For some of you, you're in constant fear that someone is going to find out who you really are and that's a lie from the enemy. He says they're going to find out who you really are. But a child of God says that's who I was. The enemy says no, 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 no. They're going to find out who you really are. No, no, that, that's who I was. That's not who I am now. You've got to remind the enemy of that. That is not who I am any longer. That no longer has the change that once held me bondage. That doesn't control my every move and my every step. It did at one time, Satan, but it no longer controls me. What if I told you that your ability to remember your past is, is part of God's design for your life. We're told 167 times in the Bible to remember. Give or take a few, depending on what version of the Bible that you read, but 167 times the Bible says for you to remember. Your memory serves as a defense mechanism that God gave you, helping you to remember how you were hurt it, it kind of works like this. Maybe you have a small child and, and they keep 
getting too close to the stove while the burner's on. And you keep telling your child, stay away, it's, it's hot, it's going to burn you. But they keep getting closer. Until one day they, they reach up and they lay their fingers on that and, and it burns their little fingers. You'll never have to tell that child again because that memory serves as a, as a defense mechanism. I don't, if that's hot. If I get too close, if I touch that, it burns me. So God gave you this defense mechanism. It doesn't mean that you can walk in unforgiveness. No, there are people that hurt you in the past. You've got to forgive, but you don't have to forget. Think, think about this. God has the ability to forget. Not you. God does, which creates him to be extremely vulnerable. Don't let that offend you. I praise God that he is vulnerable for me. That it does not matter how many times I've messed up, God still comes chasing after me. That it doesn't matter what my past looks like. God says, I'm willing to forgive and forget that. I'm ready to move forward. You quit living in the past. I have made myself vulnerable for you. But God does not require for you to become vulnerable in the sense that, that, that you keep going back to the people that hurt you. You forgive them, but God gives you that defense mechanism. The other thing that, that memory serves is as a testimony. I really want you to grab this because this, this is, is life for you. This is going to bring freedom to your life. Revelation chapter 12 tells us, and, and we use this often around here at the close of services, but Revelation chapter 12 tells us that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The reason why some of you can't live victorious in your life is because you're not verbalizing it. You need to start telling people what you've been through and what God brought you out of. You, you've got a testimony on your life. Use it. It's one of the greatest weapons that you have to overcome the, the enemy of your life. The saints in Revelation chapter 12 overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Use it. Now some people will try and convince you that you should never look back. That as a child of God, your past is to be forgotten. I, I, understand. I understand Isaiah 43 and 25 that tells us, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. God says, I will not remember your sins, and I praise God that he forgets. And as great as it sounds, I would love to be able to forget what I've been through in life. But when I really look at it, I have to understand that the problem with that mentality is that it's hard to have a testimony if you don't have a past. It's hard for you to speak of the greatness of God and what he's brought you out of if you don't have the ability to glance back at your past, you, you've got to be willing to glance back at it. But you can't stay there. You can't live there. Think about this. My wife, my wife, she has the ability to sow into people's lives and to minister to them in a way that I will never be able to because of her history with cancer. And so my wife has and she will continue to share her testimony of overcoming cancer, reflecting on her own past, her own battle, and what she's gone through in order to help someone else see that Jesus is their answer. You think about a restored marriage that can minister to a, a couple that is struggling and through the testimony of what God has done in that restored marriage, God uses that 
to bring someone else and another couple out of that past. I think about a former drug addict that, that, that can testify of how they overcame their past addictions. And no one can speak into a drug addict's life like a former drug addict that said, Jesus, Jesus forgave that past. Let me tell you what I was in and what he brought me out of. So don't tell me that we are to forget this. I, all I know is that we're not supposed to stay there. God put me here for a reason, and I'm glancing at that, but man, I'm focusing on what's ahead. Your past serves as a purpose, but you must know how to put it in its place and leave it there. And then we get over to Philippians chapter 3. And in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, Paul says something that, that feels a little contradictory to what I'm telling you right now. And, and so I want to share it with you, and I, I want to point this out. And so that you don't send me any emails because you do sometimes. And I'm going to be nice. Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the, the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And so, if I'm standing here telling you that you need to, to look at your past and use it as a testimony, and you need to testify of what, God, and, and, of what God's brought you out of, and Paul is saying, forget that past, don't remember it anymore, then, then this seems like it's contradictory. But what you have to do is you have to go back and look at that Greek word. And the Greek word that, that Paul uses there for forgetting does not mean to wipe away from our memories. It's unfortunate sometimes that, that we read these things and, and, and because we don't study the Hebrew and the Greek, we lose sense of what's really being said. But Paul didn't say, wipe this away from your memory like, you know, like men in black look into this and, you know, it's, it's just gone. No, that's not what Paul said. The word that Paul used there in the Greek... For forgetting, it, the proper translation is to neglect or not to focus on. Paul said, neglect that. That's your past. Don't focus on that. Glance at it. But don't let this become the priority in your life. It, it, it's kind of like this. Have you ever had a stray dog or a stray cat? It keeps coming around your house and, and you start feeding it. If you start feeding, it's the worst mistake you can make. We have a rule around our house. You do not feed stray dogs or stray cats or you become a stray dog or stray cat. <laughs> don't do it because they don't, they don't leave. They just, they just linger. They keep sticking around. And my mom and dad, they took in uh, five or six years ago, they took in this, this stray dog. And, and my mom is stuck now with dad being in the, in, the, in the assisted living facility. My mom is stuck now caring for this dog. And it, it never fails. Every time I'm with my mom, she says, she says these words. She's like, I don't know how I ended up with this dog. And I, I'm not disrespectful, so I don't say it to her face. But I think to myself, well, I know how. You kept feeding it. If you keep feeding the thing, it's going to keep coming around. Church, listen to me. If you keep feeding the past... It's just going to grow. It's just going to get bigger. And it's going to consume where you're at now. And it will certainly consume where you're heading. You can't keep feeding this. You can't keep letting this take, take traction in your life. You can't keep allowing this 
to obtain your focus. Your past doesn't deserve that kind of attention. You can't keep feeding them, expect them to go away. I've heard it said the past is a place of reference, of reference, not residence. You see, you learn from the past and you allow others to learn from your past, but you don't live there. When you talk about your past, always speak victoriously about it. This is where I was at, but here's where I'm at now. This is what I've been through, but through the grace of God, this is where I am today. If you don't properly deal with the past in the present, your past is going to dictate your future. You have to think about your journey. The journey of your life, it, it, it has a description of your past. It got you to your present. But if you carry that with you, it's going to control where you're heading. And the thing that I love about it all is how this all comes full circle. That which was and is and is to come is covered by he who was, he who is, and he who is to come. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And next week, we'll talk about the present. I want our ushers to begin preparing. and I want to take your attention to Luke chapter 22. If you will, church, as they move around, I just want you to focus on me just for a moment because my sermon's not over. I, I, I want to share this with you. Luke chapter 22, Jesus says these words in an upper room at the Last Supper. He looks at his disciples and he says, every time you take communion, you do this in remembrance of me. Think about what Jesus is saying. He says, every time that you partake of the bread and the wine, you do this in remembrance of what I've been through. When you take communion, you, you remember what I've been through. Think about this right here, his past. I know that Jesus was a man that did not know sin. I understand that. But for some of you, your past isn't about what, what you did. It's about what someone did to you. This past of Jesus, alone in a garden, praying to his Father. If it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And the Bible says that his sweat became as great drops of blood. He was under so much travail, so much stress, capillaries began to, to burst and, and blood was running from his, from his face. At this moment, he is feeling the weight of every sin that has ever been committed was 
is, is to come. He was feeling the sin of every sin that had been committed. Every sin that was being committed. And every sin that was going to be committed. In this moment, everything that I've done wrong, he felt it on his life. You talk about the weight of the world. This is that moment. Every pedophile, every murderer, every adulterer, every liar, every cheater, every gossiper, everyone who abused substances, leaned on a crutch that wasn't him, everyone, every sin, my sin, your sin, their sin, every sin is laid on him. And he says, when you take communion, you remember my past. You remember what I did, what was put upon me. I didn't deserve it, but yet this is what was laid on me. And you don't forget that. You remember that. And so in this moment, when we take communion, we remember this Jesus right here. We glance back and we look at a past that's not glorious. It's hideous. Oh, we like glorious Jesus, don't we? We like Easter Jesus, that, that, that he rises from the grave. Forty days later, he ascends into heaven. We like Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. He's assumed his rightful place in the throne. We like that Jesus, don't we? This is glorious Jesus. He said, no, when you take communion, you look, glance back at my past and you remember when I was at my worst. This is not glorious. This is gross. You despise this one. You don't like who I am when this is what you glance at, but you remember that. And the reason why we look back and we remember this is because it gives us the hope that he died for those sins so that we wouldn't have to, so that we can once, once again rise and be victorious in his resurrection. Who else on this planet will allow you to share their glory but Jesus Christ? Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.